What is going on everybody? What is going on everybody? Yeah, 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 What's up? Welcome to another episode of Not Rocket Science Podcast. I am Sean, and it is episode number 32, 32 I think, 31 maybe, I don't know. It is Monday. First Monday after Thanksgiving, and it is a torrential downpour outside right now here in New York. Um, Just not very cold, luckily. Not the coldest day in the world, but just a dreary, miserable, gross day here in New York. Water is coming down hard right now, hard AF. And, uh, yeah, I made the commute crappy because more people take the subways, which means a crowded subway, which means I didn't get to sit down. Just the whole thing's a nightmare. It really is. Um, rainy days in the winter, fall, cold fall time. New York is not a picnic. Not a picnic. But, anyway, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Energy's pretty good. Hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Hope you ate a lot of turkey, or didn't eat a lot of turkey if turkey's not your thing. A lot of people are starting to turn on turkey, I noticed. I think for years, when you're a kid, you're eating the turkey, and you're like, this shit is mediocre. And now, as adults, you just let it be known you're not the biggest turkey fans. But your problem is, your family sucks at cooking turkey. Because it's very easy to make a very delicious-tasting turkey, but... You gotta know how long to cook it for, and you gotta know how to brine it correctly. If you just cook a turkey the regular old pilgrimy style, yeah, shit's gonna be dry. It's not gonna taste very good. But luckily, me familia brine that sucker up, and no complaints. No complaints about how the turkey tastes. And you can just smother that shit in gravy either way, and it still tastes pretty good regardless. I don't get the complaints. Uh, my Thanksgiving was pretty damn spectacular. I uh, basically spent four days just hanging out at my parental's house, chilling, eating. I ate way too much. Holidays are not good for intermittent fasting and trying to eat healthy. I stayed on my intermittent fasting plan, which I'm happy about. But I'm not so happy that I uh, just ate terribly, man. I was eating. I was eating all kinds. I was eating pies, cookies, homemade cookies, um, pies from stores, homemade pies, um, you name it. Stuffing. 
We had like at one point five different kinds of pie and like three different types of stuffing. Uh, it was insane. It was insane in the membrane, but really delicious. Uh, there's this pie company. They're in Brooklyn, but they have several locations now, and you can buy their stuff at certain stores called 4 and 20 Blackbirds. Um, weird name. I'm not that into the name. I can never remember the 4 and 20 part. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that 20 Blackbirds place. Um, not the best name, but the pies are freaking ridiculous. Um, and they're right down the street from me. I think their, like, main location or one of their main locations is literally, like, five blocks away. Uh, maybe more. Maybe, like, seven or eight blocks away. But right down the street, basically. And I've been wanting to try one of their pies for a long time. My mom just got one randomly. She just got one for uh, Thanksgiving. And it is so good. It is a must-try. If any of you ever come to New York City and you want to get something, like, authentic New York, but something that's not that known nationally, like a Cronut or Shake Shack, even though those are now uh, becoming a chain, or, like, Cat's Deli or some shit, get a 4 and 20 Blackbirds pie and get the, uh, I think it's the Salted Honey pie, I believe. Let me look this up right now. Let me look this up. All right, I'm buying time. I'm just saying shit into the microphone because I'm actually doing a Google search. Looking for this, uh, looking for this pie. Pie menu. Salt, yeah, salty honey. Um, that was what the lady at the store recommended. They all sound good, but that one has an R on it. I think they like have it as like their trademarked or like signature pie, the salty honey one. It is so good. So good. Just heaven. Heaven in dessert form. It's poison. I mean, it's poison, but it is delicious. Their other flavors are uh, salted caramel apple, coffee custards, matcha custard, bittersweet chocolate pecan, brown butter pumpkin, lemon chest, black bottom oat, and chocolate chest. So those are all their flavors, but get the salted honey. Don't don't fuck around and try to get something else. Get the salty honey first and expand from there. It's like buying sunglasses. Get your dark black sunglasses first, classic, whether it's a Wayfarer, Aviator, whatever. And then you expand from there and get your colored lenses. This is the same thing. Get the salty honey tw- 4 and 20 Blackbirds. I can't ever remember the goddamn name. Salty honey pie. You will not regret it at all, and they're expensive as hell. You will not regret it, even though they're expensive as hell. Um, This is just me trying their shit out for the first time this weekend and being thoroughly impressed. 4 and 20 Blackbirds pies. Um, So yeah, that was great. It was great just hibernating and watching football. I, I haven't done that in a while, partially because Rutgers sucks right now. I'm more of a college football guy than a pro guy these days. And the Giants suck too, and that's my pro team, so kind of the same boat. But uh, 
besides Rutgers sucking, I just, I don't know, I just haven't really had time on Saturdays to watch that much college football. I probably would make more time if Rutgers didn't suck so bad, but it is what it is. But still, regardless, it was fun to just kick back for two days straight, watch college football, just kind of hang out. I did go to the gym, which I'm surprised by, um, and I worked out fairly hard, I'll say, but, uh, yeah, it was good to just kind of hibernate and be lazy for a few days. And now I'm like, it's unhealthy, but I'm looking forward to doing it again during the Christmas season. And that shit is going to sneak up on you. It's going to sneak up. We are about 25 days till Christmas or so. Not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We are 25 days till Christmas. Christmas basically starts because this year it's on a weekend. So it's like, well, Christmas isn't on a weekend, but your work week goes till that Friday, which I believe is the 20th or 21st, and then it's a weekend and then goes right to Christmas Eve that Monday. So yeah, the 21st is a Friday, then you have the 22nd, it's a Saturday, 23rd is a Sunday, um, Christmas Eve is a Monday, and Christmas is on a Tuesday this year. So really, Christmas starts like Friday night the week before. So that shit is going to sneak up real quick. And Mercury's in retrograde, so I haven't started holiday shopping uh, yet because my mom's telling me not to because she's all up in that astrology. Um, but I'm about to say screw it and start my holiday shopping now because I do not want to scramble this year. Um, but Thanksgiving was fantastic. And this is the season, man. I will say, as much as I hate New York in the winter, New York in the Christmas season, there's something about it. Like that Home Alone 2 Miracle on 34th Street hype is real. It's a real thing. It's the one thing that the movies show about New York um, and they kind of like over-romanticize a bit. That's real. You generally have movies like Taxi Driver. I mean, New York's not like what it was in the 70s at all, but, you know, that goes the route of, like, authentic New York. They're trying to show, like, the kind of, like, dark side of New York and make it authentic. They're not really romantic. They are in a way with the lighting and stuff, kind of like noir lighting, but they're not really overly romanticizing New York City. But then you got those holiday movies that go all out with the over-romanticizing but the Christmas ones, there's something real. There's a certain energy in New York around the Christmas time that is, you feel it. It's different. It's different than other places. Uh, I'm Now I don't really care as much because, you know, I've been through 30 of these or this is my 30th time doing this. But in general, coming to New York around the holiday season for a vacation, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Don't come to New York in January, February, March, or April. That's a bad idea. I don't care if the rates are cheaper. But December, not bad. September, excellent. June, excellent. May, pretty good. Summer, it's hot as hell, but if you're like me and you don't mind the heat, then come in the summer. Um, But... January, February, March, New York City is miserable. Don't waste your money. It's not going to be well spent here. Um, anyway, not to get on holiday rant, but, man, one thing you realize in Thanksgiving, like, Thanksgiving's really just an excuse for companies to start their Christmas 
ad campaigns up. I notice that more and more every year. Like, they're just itching to start those holiday commercials, those Lexus commercials. Get your wife a Lexus. $60,000, but it'll be nice if you put a big bow on it. Like, those ridiculous-ass commercials. Who's buying people Lexuses for Christmas? Even if I was rich as shit, I would not buy someone a Lexus for Christmas because maybe they don't like it. I feel like too much can go wrong. You buy, like, a picture of a car and you say, I'm going to get you a car if you want to get someone a car as a present. But you don't buy the damn Lexus. I have a hard time believing those, those. Uh, I guess they're wives. I don't want to put words in Lexus's mouth, but the wives in those commercials. It looks like a husband buying a gift for a wife, whatever. I They don't seem like they're like, I need this exact model of Lexus in this exact color. They don't seem that specific about it. And in real life, I feel like somebody, anybody, who gets a $60,000 car for Christmas would want the exact car that they asked for. So to me, it's just dangerous. The dangerous proposal, don't do it. Even if you're rich, don't do it. And uh, those, yeah, those freaking commercials for decades now have driven me nuts. Decades have driven me nuts. And partially is due to the stupidity of the ad, but partially is due to me being a little jealous. I'm not going to lie, man. It would be cool to just buy a Lexus on a whim and put a bow on it. But, uh, yeah, with Bitcoin tanking, <laughs> that ain't happening anytime soon. Holy shit, Bitcoin is going down the drain down the motherfucking drain um yeah i don't know if you guys have been keeping track with bitcoin these days but bitcoin stay losing these days stay losing taking more l's than taiga post kylie just nothing after such a great 2017 too i mean it's kind of sad what's going on right now but i think it's a couple things one all these damn forks are just killing price action i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about but people are saying it's the forks it's the bitcoin cash forks it's the uh old versus new bitcoin fork it's when you keep forking you can't keep momentum and i might be talking out of my ass but this is what reporters are also saying but to me the bigger issue when it comes to just blockchain technology in general is i think i mentioned this in past episodes but there's no use for it there's no practical application the practical application doesn't benefit western businesses it benefits elections in third world countries and things like that so you don't have corrupt government manipulation but you know it's kind of like in in the united states lobbyists have the power so lobbyists don't want decentralization um big businesses have the power so they don't want decentralization so why would they use something whose main value proposition is a decentralized digital ledger i don't get it if bank of america want to create some sort of digital ledger 
where records are cleaner, more transparent, uh, more secure, let's say just Bank of America, for example, they can create a digital ledger that they manage themselves that isn't on a blockchain and is quicker. Because the, the main or one of the biggest issues with blockchain technology is often two things. One, scalability. And two, it's kind of slow, particularly Bitcoin, compared to non-blockchain ledgers that you can have. According to... um people that know this shit way better than me, people who are the main blockchain consultants at firms like Ernst & Young say this. So I'm not making this up out of my ass. This is like what I've heard directly from people that do this day to day. Um, so yeah, like I, I don't understand why any big bank or anything like that would use blockchain when they ultimately want somebody on their payroll administrating it in the first like there's still the whole point of blockchain is you don't have to have an administrator but bank of america isn't going to have some technology that's a ledger with no bank of america employed administrator that's never going to happen they want control of their entities and um i think that's the problem with blockchain right now it's stuck as this technological innovation with not enough practical use cases in places like Japan, United States, England, Germany, etc. So now no one knows what to do with these tokens other than, you know, buy stupid shit here and there with Bitcoin. And you have all these shitcoin companies trying to raise ICOs still that are getting cracked down now. And have these white papers with no clear-cut value proposition that's blockchain-dependent. Um, so now people are kind of getting uh, out of the hype bubble, understanding that they're stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. And uh, I think there's just going to be this waiting period until people start to figure out applications to use blockchain effectively that... I guess, uh, use the whole decentralization concept maybe potentially um, as a value point. But no one's figured out what that is exactly yet other than just like holding elections and things like that in third world countries. So I think accumulation of that plus the bickering in the crypto world right now, in the Bitcoin world, in the forking, like I said earlier, that's the main reason why Bitcoin's plummeting. I'm sure there's some whale corruption going on in Asia, too. There always is. There's always some of that crap going down. But uh, I'm just wondering what the bottom is on Bitcoin. Because, you know, I, I, I follow crypto Twitter for fun just because it's hilarious, even though it's starting to get annoying. It's been annoying, actually, but I don't know. I'm stuck in my habits at this point and patterns. Um. But I remember when Bitcoin started slipping last year after that all-time high when it was getting pumped artificially. Um, and people were like, the bottom is 10000 And then they're like, the bottom 7000 Or 750 uh, seven seventy five hundred. Jesus. Sorry, I'm listening to this police siren in the background. Um, 
and then it's 7,000, and then it's 6,500, and then 6,000, and it's going all the way down, and now everyone's finally, this is the first time in at least six months where people are starting to be like, I don't know what the bottom is, maybe 1,000, and then now the debate is, is $1,000 the bottom for Bitcoin? Um, I'll tell you right now, if it goes down to 1,000, I'm going to buy again just because. I feel like I'd be stupid not to. I don't know if you guys hear that. There's a little kid that lives in downstairs from me, and he's currently in the hallway yelling. So, apologize if uh, it sounds like there's some children. It's just I have thin walls in this apartment, and uh, some kid yelling downstairs. Real life shit. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm thinking myself. I don't know what to do investment wise because like this free fall. I'm thinking, hmm, what if there's a second wave? And the shit goes back up even halfway to what it was again. That's still a pretty good return on investment. Then the other part of me is like, what if it keeps falling? Like, where's the bottom? Because now at this point, I think technical analysis, throw that shit out the window. Throw it out the window, at least in terms of looking at chart patterns to figuring out what the bottom is in the near future. That... I've seen that wrong over and over again when it comes to cryptocurrency. So many technical patterns just being a wash. So um, for now, I'm suspending actually paying attention to any of that. And uh, I'm just paying attention to more fundamentals, news releases, and just trying to come up with a strategy to figure out where this thing is going it's really hard though because generally you use history as a good resource for this stuff and uh you can say like oh it's like tulip it's not like fucking tulips um it's just not there's a million reasons why it's not the plague is one of the biggest ones but it's not like the tulips thing in the 1600s but there is no real historical entity financial entity to look at in the past and make judgments on for the future It's a brand new technological innovation, so I have no idea where it's going. But I do believe at some point there will be some application adoption from this um, when they figure out their value. This is is a classic case. If you read books like Blue Ocean Strategy, it's a classic case of technological innovation without solving any problems for consumers. So they need to figure out how to solve problems problems for users with blockchain technology at scale and when they can figure that out and by i mean they i just mean all these fucking crooks who tried to make fake icos with fake products and fake platforms using blockchain buzzwords as hype when those idiots either get flushed out of the industry and replaced by real people trying to make blockchain-based applications and they're successed with their value proposition as far as meeting user need, that's when Bitcoin's price might go up again, maybe. But I don't even know if it's going to hit 20K again. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe it'll hit 80K, like people say. Maybe it'll hit 100K, like people say. And I'm, I get all these, like, kind of bullshit financial emails with these, like, scam artists that I like to read just for fun who are trying to, like, get old people to spend their nest egg on their financial services and they always like write these letters that are emails that are trying to come across as personal but it's obviously bullshit 
And this one dude made a prediction that at the end of the year, Bitcoin would be valued 80000 Like last year, maybe like in like March or something, he made that prediction. And now he's like backtracking and he's saying how he doesn't feel bad because it's based on research and blah, 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 blah. And I never speculate for the sake of it. Everything is founded in research. So, and I'm just like, this is again, Palm Beach Confidential. I've mentioned these motherfuckers on this podcast multiple times because they are scumbags. Um, but they're fun to read, so I just do it anyway. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interest. It's an interesting world right now because it's got flipped upside down. Everyone's in panic mode and no one knows what to do. And uh, they were cocky for so long. Crypto Twitter was cocky for so long, and now it is getting humbled. And it's funny. And I've lost money in this, man. I've definitely lost money, but I don't really care. I kind of like seeing... Um, this lack of real user need and real use case issue coming to light because I think that'll be what push things forward. When people let the hype die and try to solve real problems with this stuff, that's when shit will get going again. Wow, that was a long rant on cryptocurrency. Jesus, I wasn't planning on that. But yeah, just I saw an article today saying how, um, how Bitcoin lost something like i think it was like 40 percent of its value since like mid-november or something um so yeah it's free phone free phone bitcoin's getting its tom petty on right now but we shall see i think it's going to keep falling a little bit a little bit more because i don't think a real use case for it is going to pop up in the next couple weeks or anytime too soon and by that i mean this year anyway i'll continue losing money but so will a lot of other people and we'll take it from there i don't have too much money in it thank god so i don't feel too bad speaking of uh financial l's venmo is also struggling these days i saw that one too I love Venmo, man. I think Venmo is such a great product, but they have not been able to scale very well over the past few years. I mean, they tried that instant payment thing, and that was a nightmare, and now they have it, but they take 1% of the deposit. Um, but, I mean, really, like, what it is, it's the same thing it was in 2015, 2016, like... Still got the, the three-tab segment control at the top where it's three social feeds. And you're just paying money to friends, and that's about it. That's about it. Nothing I saw that was that new that really, like, piqued my interest, at least, has shown up in the past couple years. So I guess they're still getting users, but they haven't figured out a way to monetize it, which was their big problem even back when they were, like, an early startup. And now there's so many fraud payments that they have to refund. They're just losing money by the day due to people's fraud that they're committing on their platform. So it's a tricky one. I don't know how to get out of it. They've been struggling for a while. I mean, it's PayPal, so PayPal's rich as shit. But at a certain point, you got to figure out how to monetize your platform. Um, they don't have ads, which I'm happy about, but they might have to turn to ads. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do because their financials are rough. Lost $40 million in the first quarter. 
I'm reading an article on Verge right now. I'm, uh, okay, so basically, Venmo tried to roll out the instant payments in 30, 30 minutes. So those, where you take your Venmo credits or whatever and deposit them into a bank and it would clear in 30 minutes. They tried rolling that out. It was a disaster, likely due to fraud. The company since reinstated the feature but raised 25 cent flat fee to 1% of transferred amount, which I just mentioned. Venmo also discontinued the ability for customers to send and receive money through its website. Even though the web-based payments were only responsible for 2% of all transactions, they contributed to 15% of net losses. PayPal's Q3 earnings were reported in mid-October, and at the time, it said over $1 billion worth of instant transfers were made in September before the new fee change. Its next earnings report is expected to end in January, where investors see whether increased transaction fee could help offset the $40 million in losses. That's from TheVerge.com. So, yeah, they, uh, at a certain point, though, if you keep boosting the transaction fees, people are just not going to use your platform if the transaction fees are too high. So I don't think that's, like, a long-term strategy that's going to work because people hate bullshit fees. I sure do, at least. I'm speaking for the people here. So, yeah, they sound stuck in a rock and a hard place, and I admire that they haven't turned to advertising, but I don't know what they're going to do because they haven't, through their product, been able to scale or generate revenue um, the way they should be for such a big-ass name in the finance industry. (sighs) We shall see. Seems like all money's screwed right now. Stock market's been down after such a smashing year. And people are predicting, like, a mini recession coming, I'm hearing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not paying too much attention to that stuff. But we'll see, man. The Christmas season's here. Maybe people will go ham on Amazon and uh, give that economy boost, man. I don't know. I'm just speaking out of my ass right now. Um, What else? What else? What else? What else is going on? Ah, I got to hit the gym. Sorry. I just feel weak right now. My my foot keeps falling asleep as I'm talking. And I just feel like it's due to my like weak, flat feet. I gotta hit the gym. I've been out of it the past four days. Other than Saturday or Friday I went to the gym. But keeping the fitness up. I found a curl bar in my old childhood bedroom that I had when I was in high school. And I'm bringing that sucker back here. I'm gonna get my curls on. You know what I mean? This financial downturn ain't slowing down my gains, bro. I'm trying, but uh, we'll see what happens. I'm going to keep you guys posted on this diet. I think i got to cook dinner now. I'm going to make zoodles and meatballs tonight. Mm-mm-mm. So I'm going to cut this sucker early at a cool, crisp half hour. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Hope you guys have a great week. Uh, please reach out on Twitter or Instagram if you have any questions. And our at NRS underscore show. And I will see you next week. Thank you guys so much for the support. And if you would like to support even more and give me some of that Venmo money, you can hit up the support page. Um, I have it linked on the show notes for this episode and all episodes going forward. Thanks, guys. I hope you have a great week. 
and I hope your weather, wherever you are, is better than this downpour I'm getting right now in Brooklyn, New York. Take it easy. Have a good one. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Peace.